Welcome to It's Giving Sus, the podcast where the line between the intriguing and the unsettling is blurred. Every episode, we dive deep into the world of true crime and scandals, bringing you the most suspicious and jaw-dropping stories from around the world. There's so much crazy stuff going on, and we need to talk about all of it. Bizarre happenings, scams, cults, crimes, or controversial figures, we're here to dissect it all. Nothing is off limits. Join us as we unpack and comprehend this week's story. Remember, if it's giving sus, stay curious and stay skeptical. Warning. This episode contains discussion of extremely sensitive topics. Please check the show notes for more details before proceeding. We ask that you please take caution when listening. If you or someone you know is in need of resources, please check the episode notes for more information. Thank you for listening. The case of Natalia Grace became a topic of public fascination, with people divided over whom to believe. Some sympathized with the Barnetts, viewing them as victims of a sophisticated deception, while others saw Natalia as a vulnerable child abandoned by her adoptive parents. The case raised numerous legal and ethical questions. Medical reports about Natalia's age were contradictory, with some indicating she was a child and others suggesting she was an adult. The Barnetts were charged with neglect for abandoning her, but they defended themselves by insisting they were misled about her age. In the heart-wrenching saga that captivated the world, we delve into the second season of Finding Natalia, Unveiling the Truth. This installment goes beyond the headlines, exploring the untold side of Natalia Grace's story, a tale of abandonment, betrayal, and a relentless pursuit for justice. As we re-enter the interrogation room, we finally get to hear from Natalia herself. Part three of this story discusses the intricate web of Natalia's past, giving her the opportunity to share the harrowing details of the crimes committed against her. This chapter aims to expose the dark shadows that haunted Natalia before, during, and after being adopted by Christine and Michael Barnett. Through flashbacks, we witness Natalia's journey from the sanctuary of a new home transforms into a nightmare of abuse, leaving Natalia to navigate a treacherous path of survival. With every tearful revelation, Natalia's voice pierces through the silence, challenging the narrative that has thrust her into the spotlight. This season seeks to unravel the layers of trauma and resilience that define Natalia's existence, shedding light on a story shrouded in mystery, misunderstanding, and the quest for justice. Amazing. Welcome back to another episode of It's Giving Sauce, where Natalia Grace, the curious case of her adoptive parents and every other character involved has just spiraled into season two, where we left off last week and we're ready to talk about it. I made notes. Okay. And we're ready. Lots of notes. <laughs> we needed them. I needed notes because there's just too much to remember here. Usually I can watch like a story, one like documentary, and then we can just talk about it. But like, I wanted timelines, I wanted names. I needed everything for this. Oh, I love it. So they kick off season two and season two is called Natalia Speaks, her side of the things. Because the last season we heard from Michael, we heard from a little bit of the investigators, we heard from the neighbors, we heard from Michael Barnett. It left us off in a, Freaking, what's it called? Cliffhanger. 
of Michael Barnett rage quitting his watching of a video with Freddie Gill oh, yeah. with Mr. Freddie. I think it's our obligation to show you this. I, 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 I'm not gonna pay attention. I truly don't care. We have had many pushes and pulls. This is the last thing I'll do. Everything else from now on that I say no is no. Whose computer is this? How many pieces do you want back in? I'm not kidding. Christine told Freddie Gill he did inappropriate stuff with Natalia and we had to wait. It's been months since season two. We jumped right into that and binged that some more stuff has come out and different perspectives have definitely been shown here. At the end of season one, I I don't know how to talk apparently. I had a feeling that Natalia was not this child. The beginning, I wasn't sure. By the end, I was definitely sure this was a child. Yes, absolutely. Season two starts off with Detective Goldsmith, and he was the first person to get involved. He got involved because when they dropped Natalia off in Lafayette at her second apartment, which was the two-story apartment with the belly button guy outside and the man's <laughs> family and those characters, there was an adult learning center in walking distance from her apartment, and Natalia started to go there. The adult center is like, Yo, this is not adding up. This girl is saying she's 22, but she like talks to us like she's a little kid. And it's just really none of what she's saying is making sense to us. They put a report into the Child Protective Services or the authorities. And that's how Detective Goldsmith starts getting involved. This stuck out to me. He says that this was in 2014. It's one <laughs> of those cases that he will never forget in his entire life. Like, that's how crazy and serious this case was, that this detective was like, it's just like the top five of like, one I'll never forget. I don't blame him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Natalia is getting interviewed. And one of the first things she says is that the worst things that they did to me was change my age. And I thought that that was really profound because we find that Natalia has suffered so much mental, physical abuse. And I'm sure emotional abuse just from being an adopted child from somebody who is living with disabilities. But the worst thing in her opinion that happened to her was them changing her name. Aside from everything that we know, being like pepper sprayed and all that crazy craziness, she still says that that's the worst thing to happen to her. Yep. And, and it kind of makes sense because it ruined her whole life. Even just the like questioning of who am I? How old am I? I don't know. Uh, it's just I, the note I took because I feel like maybe it would be the kicking down the stairs or the pepper spraying or the, the standing against the wall for 10 hours and having your stuff peed all over and just beaten. But no, it was literally the changing of her age. I did feel like these first two episodes of season two, we do get the bigger picture and we do get a definitive answer of how old Natalia is. The first thing that Natalia comes forward and we hear her talk about is a situation where she loses her tooth, as most children of the, that age range do. Christine accused Natalia 
of pulling her tooth out. So, okay. just, so they just take an her, adult tooth, just ripped it out. No big deal. Root and all. <laughs> they take her to the dentist. This is in 2011. And Christine says to the dentist, um, Natalia's adopted. We're trying to get a better understanding of how old she is. And maybe the dental records and examination can help us prove that. The dentist says, no problem. X-rays, exam. And they show us the x-rays. I'll, I'll put them on the screen here. And you can see teeth coming in to replace the baby teeth. No questions asked. This only happens between six, seven, eight, nine years old. He said it was definitive that there was no way this child was any older than that age range. She couldn't be 15 years older than she was, as Christine claimed. And we find out that that gap to moving her to 22 years old is because you are responsible for a dependent in the state of Indiana until they are 21. So that's why they didn't move her to 18. That's what 19, 20, 22, the whole 15 years older was what they wanted to be rid of Natalia. Christine at that dentist appointment signs the dental records, like signs off, got it, adopted mom, check. And then she still proceeds after that appointment to tell people Natalia is an adult and move forward with the age change. And the signature's right there. Like, you can't, like, you were there, you signed it, you knew it. They interview the doctor and, uh, I'm sorry, the dentist, and he says, there's no way. And they break the news. They, the producers say, what would you say if we told you that they re-aged Natalia? And he's just blown out of the water. He's like, there's no way. There's absolutely no way. That is just that is crazy. That is insane. And the craziest part about it is the court still did it, even with these documents. When they went to court, they had to present the case, but not say that Natalia was a child. They couldn't use the word child. They had to refer, or adult, they had to refer to Natalia as a person. And they were just looking at all these, all these abuse cases and all this stuff that happened to her as just straight abuse to another person, not yep. a fucking child. Yep. And that was and that's, with, and that's why none of these, yeah. And that's why none of these documents, I don't think even made it to court nope. or were even presented. Not at all. And, and this was for Michael Barnett's trial with his accounts of abuse. And they couldn't bring any of these documents because the court had ruled that Natalia was an adult. So unless they went through the process of getting her unreaged back to her actual age, the court says that this is that. So they can't argue with it. A court ruled on it. So that's why they couldn't present all of these findings. They went to Dr. McLaren. We talked about him last episode and he signed off on the age change. But it's interesting that no other evidence was needed for the court to be like, oh, okay, we actually agree. They just really believed this family doctor of the Barnett's. They didn't ask for the dental records. They didn't ask for a DNA test. They didn't ask for anything from the Ukraine with the birth certificate or the adoption agency. They literally just said, sounds good. 15 okay. year jump. Oh my God. They mm -hmm. do reveal in episode one, a DNA test and the DNA test results come back and reveal that she is now currently 22, which would have been, she was a child when we knew she was a child, meaning that they adopted Natalia in 2010. She was seven years old. The DNA test said maybe one year, two years off maximum on a worst case, but this is what the results said. She was adopted in year 2010. She was seven years old. When they dropped her off at her first apartment, 
the duplex kind of one where she would go into the neighbor's houses. She was eight years old, living on her own. She went to the Lafayette apartment, the two-story one, when she was nine years old, almost turning 10. It is mind-blowing. And she is such a survivor because I can't even survive on my own. Bro, and I can't I'm, even make myself food and I'm 32. Yeah, that's right. Like, like I've had a Red Bull today. Go me, you know? Yeah, little Adderall, <laughs> little Red Bull. We're, We're good. We're filming this at 6 p.m. the night before it's due. Like, and Natalia is <laughs> literally able to survive in the hood with the disabilities that she lives with, fending for herself, finding a way to feed herself, walking herself to the adult learning center after I've everything that she's already been through, getting adopted, moving to a different country, moving around for a bunch of different houses, getting to the Barnetts, getting abused by Christine physically, emotionally, and mentally gaslit to fucking hell, dropped off at eight years old to fend for herself. After, before she's dropped off, she went through so much shit. And now she just has to do life on her own. And when just they go back and visit the place, literally they're like filming and they're like showing the stairs and they're showing what she had to fucking walk up. And they're showing her at 22 years old with the necessary shoes that she now has still. Yep. And the other crazy part is they're sitting there filming and gunshots start popping off. Exactly. They are in the hood. You are talking crazy. about Cynthia Manns and Natalia go back and visit the apartment that she was dropped off in Lafayette. She was dropped off there at nine years old, almost 10. They go back and visit. She's got $30,000 shoes on that are custom made for her yep. so that she can walk. And I mean, what a flex, like Gucci, who, you know what I'm saying? But that's so sad that like that costs that much uh, one pair of shoes just so she can walk. And she, like you said, she can but it's very hard. She has to sit down to take a rest. And they're sitting there on the steps, the bottom, just uh, with their interview and gunshots just pop off and they hear yes. like two and they're like, ah, oh, go. and then the next one, there's like another round and they're like, okay, time to go. Gotta go. <sighs> time to go. Well, the other crazy part about the shoes thing too, is they need replaced every so often. Yeah. Every couple years, she has to replace those shoes. So yeah. what, 30, 30 grand every couple years, just dropping it on some shoes. That's yep. They could get stolen from her. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just absolutely insane. And the other craziest part is, is like, she might not even need the shoes like this if she had gotten the proper surgeries. Exactly. Like the Barnett's were supposed to. So wrap up episode one, Natalia mm -hmm. said, never once did I feel any love from the Barnett's. I remember that actually specifically. So sad. I remember that just being like, damn. Because like, that's literally all yeah. she ever wanted. And still to this day, all she ever wants, I feel. Right. Like, like fundamentally as humans, deep down as children, we just want to be taken care of and loved and, and learn. I feel like no matter yeah. who the parent is. And when you don't know any different, you may think like that's how parents are. I don't know. But she just her reflection back was that she never felt any love. Episode two, we kind of get the bigger picture of the scam, the scam of it all. Mm -hmm. And Christine being the money hungry beep <clears throat> that she is. <laughs> I figure I'll just do that instead of having to edit it. They take Natalia out of school. They had her in first grade, which 
was appropriate for her because she was seven. They took her out of school because Christine says that they got calls from the school, multiple calls, that Natalia was hurting people with her wheelchair. Running kids over, <laughs> that's what they tell, and, and you're hurting people. You're violent, Natalia. Not true. She says, I never hurt anybody with that. And at that point is the most isolated that Natalia becomes. School was probably a safe place for her, an outlet, other kids, and just out away from the Barnett. So they take her out, and we find out they enroll her to Barnett Academy. Is that the one, like the... Dot, uh, like the daycare or something or the school or well christine on top of the daycare does homeschool and that's the school that michael's transcripts are from and on those transcripts jacob he's got an a plus in japanese he's got an a plus in spaghetti making a plus in arabic four years fine arts piano and michael barnett <laughs> comes out and says he's never mm -hmm. spoke Japanese. Mm -hmm. He could probably make spaghetti. Mm -hmm. There's not a single book with an Arabic word in it. And they never owned a piano. Oh my God. <laughs> he's a genius, I tell you. And he is. He is absolutely a genius. But these are not accurate reflections of the academics he learned at Barnett Academy. Per <laughs> Michael Barnett. And he, Michael Barnett actually filed an official report against Christine for these fraudulent credentials, which like is kind of messed up uh, for like the sun. But in reality, it's fraud. It, like Barnett Academy, sign me up. I get four years fighting piano, Arabic, Japanese. Sick. Sign and me I'm 13. Up. My life would have gone much better, truly, until I had to use any of those skills. Spaghetti making, I'm I would say I'm an A plus. Uh yeah. I mean yeah. yeah. I don't know why they threw that one in there. I wanna try to find like a picture. Spaghetti making. I wanna try to find a picture of, of the transcript. Natalia was not a genius. Natalia was a seven year old child. Christine found out within seven months that Natalia was not like Jacob. So Christine couldn't do this whole fixing of the child, healing of the autism. And having another book written about another child that she's helped with Barnett Academy excel at life from the, all these challenges to finding their spark to excelling. The prosecutor in the story says that Natalia didn't fit into the narrative. So that's why Christine started to push Natalia out with all of her abuse tactics. Christine would do things like force Natalia to finish a physics paper. And Natalia's seven, because she moved into the other apartment at eight. So she's seven at Barnett Academy. Natalia's in this interview saying, I don't know how to do this. And Christine <laughs> says, you're lying. Pepper sprays her. Christine's words exactly were, this is what it's going to feel like every single time you don't listen to me. And then didn't let her wash it out for like solid five minutes I think she said 10 minutes and she wouldn't let her or she, Natalia was rubbing her eyes and crying and Christine said that's just gonna make it worse Sick. seven seven years old I mean any human right but any person even if she was in Christine's mind 22 why the fuck are you pepper spraying somebody because they don't know how to do a physics paper 
I've been pepper sprayed before. It is not fun. You have? Why? How? <laughs> Tell me everything. Call the police. Okay. Well, two times. Two okay, times. So I've been pepper sprayed four times total. I got two All times. Right. So two times were my own fault because I was like using it and then it like came back at me, right? Why were you using it? Because men were being real creepy. Okay. At a bar. Well, a little spice it up a in little a, bit. In a, in a college town. So mm. it was just being real creepy, you know? The third time, uh, um, I got pepper sprayed by a cop. That was really fun. Aww. And then <laughs> the fourth time, this dude was trying to, like, mace this guy that wouldn't leave, like, the property. And then that flew back in my face. One of the worst feelings I think I've ever had in my life. And I've had a nose surgery. I've gotten attacked by a dog. Like, it's, like, unbearable, dude. Like, and, and there's nothing you could really do about it. And even when you, like, wash it off, it still fucking hurts for a little while. It feels like you burned your eyeball like a literal like fire on your eyeball is it does it only hurt the eyes like is that what it's meant to be spraying you're breathing it in too dude and so if you get it in your mouth or your nose like you're fucked when you see people like videos and they look like everything's like draining out yeah your body is literally trying to reject the pepper spray that's like getting into your nose and your eyes and your mouth it's not fun it's really it's really not I mean, you know that burn when you have too much pepper on your food? Like, just well, imagine I, that. I was I was going to say, because one time, this was a long time ago, I was making, like, jalapeno poppers for a big party. No gloves. I'm a little intoxicated. Get it all in my eyes. All the juice in my eyes. Worst feeling ever. Even my hands were burning. Yep. Would it be similar, something like that? Like, is it actual pepper burn. stuff? Or is it, like, a chemical compound? Or, like, a combination, kind of? Or... I'm pretty sure it's just highly concentrated form of like pepper. And it was like, it was like an oil, like from the, like it, cause I remember trying to like wash my hands and get it off my skin. And it was like an oil in my pores because I had cut and touched those jalapenos. Yeah. So it's the, the day. It's the active ingredient in pepper sprays, capsaicin, which gives heat to every single pepper. Right. So they extract that or they make a synthetic make- version and. They break it down to an oil. Wow. And then that's in an aerosol. (laughs) And then they spray it. So, okay. So you've sprayed pepper spray and it's gotten on you as well. Yes. So like the air came back to me, like wind blew it back to my face. So wouldn't that have happened to Christine or like in the house? There's other children. Like how big is like this cloud of pepper spray when we're like, if you're in a bar and you sprayed a guy, you're like two feet away from him or whatever. You got some on you. Are other people getting fucked up from that too? I've never sprayed it inside a house though. Mine have always been outside. Oh, not inside the bar? It was not like in- out- Yeah, it was like outside. Got so you. I would assume since you're inside, it's going to be more concentrated and not go all over the place because there's not wind picking up the... Okay. She would have probably had to stand it somewhat far back from her because like... It dissipates. It's a right? spray. Like if you're yeah. using hairspray, it's gonna yeah, it's gonna a little bit everywhere. Mm-hmm. And do they have it in like a little spray spray bottle? Like I've seen the keychain ones, like mm-hmm. the size of a chapstick or a little bit bigger, like a lip gloss. Yeah. You can get big ones, <laughs> industrial mace, like bear like, mace. Yes, it just depends. <laughs> right, <laughs> and we don't have those details, but it like you said worse than anything you've ever experienced one of the worst absolutely 
do you pour milk in your eyes? Like, that's what I would think to do. I, I like just immediately just put my eyes under like running water and you just sit there for like minutes and you just like kind of like flush that shit out. Does it just drop someone to their knees? Yeah. Pretty fucking painful, serious. Like you hit it. You're like instantly stopped. Like, yeah, you can't do anything until you wash that shit out, dude. And if you can, then you're a fucking, I don't know, you're Hulk or Thor. Yeah. You're on some like superpowers or something. Or whatever the fuck (laughs) you're doing. Like, like when my neighbor sprayed that guy, he was like, I'm never coming back here again. And he was like screaming for a solid 20, 25 minutes. And this was after the neighbor was nice and threw a water bottle at him and allowed him to wash it off his face too. And he was still just unwell. That's but so this guy sad. wouldn't but the guy wouldn't leave our property and I called yeah. the cops and they weren't coming so we yeah had well that actually happened to me one time I was in uh, middle school and we we're at my friend's house and her dad w- is a prison guard so he has the industrial like bear maze the big old camp the big yup yeah and there was um, a neighbor boy who was about six five maybe 300 pounds he had some sort of situation with him where he could not regulate emotions and his developmental level was way lower than the age that he was and for some reason the parents weren't home one day and I was over at my friend's house I stayed over there all the time and they had a courtyard with a sliding glass door and the 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 guy was outside of the door and just banging as hard as he could on the glass trying to get in And so my friend's dad, prison guard, he comes out, leave now, leave now. And we know him like we know they come over for the block party, but he was just so uncontrollable at that time. And he was going to break the glass and hurt himself. And he was so big, so out of control that he opened it and did a little spray to get him out so we could call the right people and call his parents to like come get him and he stopped you know he stopped and he freaked out because I mean it it doesn't help the situation but it definitely is more effective than using a lethal force obviously but I just felt so bad but there was just really in that moment like that's what we had to do but it was scary I felt so bad for him I know the guy was like threatening us though too so like you said it's like something has to be done especially yeah. like, especially when I call the cops like two or three times they're like we're sending someone over and I'm like okay yeah. well someone needs to get here now or this is gonna escalate right right and since we did know this person it wasn't as like abrupt scary like where you would want to draw a weapon or something like oh shit like we know he's having an episode whatever let's get it under control and obviously like scary to get the cops involved with someone with mental health going on this is a man of color this is a very big man so they didn't do that but man um now we're up to date on pepper spray but just to really like get the whole picture of a fucking seven-year-old child getting sprayed directly in the eyes because she doesn't know how to do a physics paper yeah seven years old like at barnett academy that christine made up like I could barely handle that shit, bro. I couldn't. What? What even is physics, truly? I mean, <laughs> I I'm didn't serious. even. I didn't have to take physics for my biology degree in college. Didn't need it. So why is this? 
seven-year-old. <laughs> when Christine is the teacher. My God, dude. Just, do you even know physics, ma'am? Mm, no. Ma'am, do you? She knows physical abuse. Like She knows ugh. the physics of throwing a child down the stairs. But yeah, like, exactly. Joking about throwing children down the stairs. It's just crazy. Sorry. It, yeah, it's our coping mechanism <laughs> of really like is. wrapping our head around the, the shit that Christine put Natalia through. Like, it's not funny. It's actually just extremely uncomfortable and yeah. insane. I don't know why our reaction is to have a giggle, but it's probably <laughs> to make ourselves internally feel less uncomfortable exactly with all respect there's no jokes about any of this it's just like mind-blowing really something we can't comprehend because we would never do that no but that's why we have this podcast kind of sort through all of this and figure out like what is going on when christine pepper (laughs) sprays natalia she says this is what it's going to feel like when you don't listen so she has this control over Natalia. Natalia's going to do anything that she says because she never want to wants to feel any of that again. Like, do you blame her? No. Do, do this or I'll pepper spray you. Fine. I'm doing it. I'm seven. I don't know what else. Natalia says at the end of those two episodes, all I knew how to do was be scared. And that's just so sad. This, this child was robbed of her childhood. This child was living in absolute fear. And when we go back to season one, when they accuse Natalia of having a knife under her bed, if that is true, which Natalia says it wasn't or she doesn't remember, but if it was there, it makes a whole lot of sense. This child was living in self-defense. She could also be blocking some things out of her memory and like, that's okay too, because fuck, I would, I'd be blocking that shit out as well. But yeah. I think she even made the comment herself. She's like, how would I even be able to grasp a knife? Yep. She and we she talked even about, says it herself. Yes, we talked about that in the other episode. She went into her kitchen in season two, got up on her step stool, pulled a knife out and then showed us how she has to use the knife because she has some range limitations with her grasping and with her hands and her motor skills. And she gives us a demonstration of how that would look. So she goes into detail in defending herself, but like, clearly I didn't do what they're saying that I did. And, and probably for her own self, right? Like she's been gaslit for so long. You're violent, you're dangerous, you're lying. She probably has to prove to herself too that like, no, I actually didn't do any of that. You guys lied. And when they get the DNA test back and open it up, she breaks down crying, just saying how these two people ruined her life painted her out to be this terrible human and for what for what and i think we get the answer at the end of of episode two because natalia is not fitting into the narrative of christine captain save a who wants to profit off of these children and that is when they start pushing natalia out with their different abuse tactics they didn't put her back up for adoption They didn't seek out another family to adopt her. They didn't do anything but make a sob story and make clickbait and get interviews and probably another book deal for Christine about how this person imposter from Ukraine came and infiltrated their home with saving face. Because with 
Christine being the mom of the year, the book, all of it, the daycare, she can't come out and say, oh, I gave this child out for adoption. What's that going to look like for Christine? So she came up with this entire narrative that Natalia is a, a liar and a con and she's an adult so that she could get her out of the house for one without Christine looking bad and two, go on all these interviews, write her little book deal and the orphan manuscript experience by Christine Barnett and make money. That is really what I feel. This is what the prosecutor said. Seven months after adopting Natalia, Christine's plan was failing. Natalia was a money pit. And the one thing Christine Barnett cares about is money. And when they realized $30,000 shoes, tons of surgeries, the healing time from the surgeries. Natalia talked about that a little bit, how she had her first foot surgery she was stuck in bed. She had casts on both feet and she would just be crying in her bed. She would call for Christine because she said, that was my mom. And Michael would come in and give her a pain pill so that she could get some relief and go back to bed. Talia says that Christine drugged her and she was on all these like anti-psychotic meds because they oh, thought she was 22 yeah. years old with all the mental problems. So they gave her a bunch yep. of drugs. She took the pills and then Christine came over and was like, I don't know, you took them. I didn't see you yep. take them and then forces her to take them. But then Christine looks away the first time and then makes her do it again. So she like triple doses. Yep. Okay. And then yeah, knocks I, out for like two days. That is just another example of Natalia was out of their house. She's eight years old. She's re-aged. All they have to do is drop her off some groceries at a minimum. You know what I'm saying? But Christine takes it further because that's still too much of a burden for her. And she shows up at Natalia's first apartment and gives Natalia multiple doses of her medication. An eight-year-old child. Natalia was said she was taking like three different pills and she had okay. to take all three different pills three times. So Christine drove over to the apartment and said to Natalia, did you take your medicine today? Natalia said, yes. And she says, I don't believe you. Here you go, right? Hands and then looks away. Christine hands Natalia the pills and then she turns around while Natalia takes them and says, I didn't see you take them. Yes. And then Natalia takes them again. So three doses. According to, this is according to Natalia. To Natalia, yes, yes. allegedly. Yes. From Natalia's memories and experience. And like, she fainted in the bathroom. She just remembers going to the bathroom after that, feeling really weird and just passing out in the bathroom. And then I'm pretty sure she says she wakes up like almost a whole 24 hours or like a long fucking time, dude. That's attempted murder. If you know if that's true and they can prove that, that is attempted murder. She really just wanted Natalia out. And probably because... Natalia was going to grow up one day and Natalia was going to have memories one day and a voice of her own and be able to talk about this shit. And here we are. So they tried to put her in the psych ward. They said there's no problems with her. They tried to put her in the adult halfway house where Natalia was exposed to so many things as a child that she should not have been around. And then she tried to off her to end her life. In my opinion, what other opinion would it be? Christine doesn't give a fuck if Natalia takes her medicine and to drive out of town to go to Natalia's apartment and then to the ghetto, <laughs> literally to the hood and then tell her, make her take it multiple times. Now I'm thinking of all these methods that Christine used to get rid of Natalia. Why would Christine be setting Natalia up with Freddie Gill? What would that do? 
make further prove her point she's an adult because she's dating a man probably or like give natalia to him like i don't understand take care of her type shit because like they both had the same disability too and why did christine like sexed with freddie gill like to get what she wants to get what she wants and what did she want from him him to take natalia if she has a boyfriend then she's out of the hair right like yeah then it's his dependent mm-hmm. right and then it's just so convenient that they moved to canada maybe she could just um wash her hands of any responsibility being like i was a canada i don't know what you're talking about my son's a genius why would i do that and natalia says this herself she said i was a burden for christine being able to go and brag about her son. That's my theory. These two episodes gave us a straight answer. Natalia was a child and why Christine was doing this. Yeah, I think that's all we have for this one. We'll wrap it up with one more episode and the bombshells that they dropped towards the end of season two, (laughs) leading us into a season three, we believe. I think they said they were like to be continued, I think at the end, so. Yep, to be continued. And uh, so will this series to wrap it up with a season finale, our next episode. And Sus Meter, I believe every word Natalia says. So I'm not going to say that that's like sus, but the, the bombshells that she drops about what the Barnetts did to her. Just, they're so sus. I don't think Natalia is. And if she is, it's because she was conditioned to be that way. So I don't know. I think she's a little, I think she's a little sus on something. It's just some stuff when her and Michael go back and forth too, that I'm just like, okay, one thing from him, one thing from her. And then they don't ever really like agree. I don't know. There's just some, there's just a couple little things that don't make sense. I mean, trust me. I know she's a child. I know like all of her actions weren't like, right. But like there, there is some stuff still that is on my sus meter just because I don't know the truth, I guess. So it's maybe not yeah. being sus of her, just more but so. It's like, just murky of the it's answer. Mur- some, some of the stuff is a little murky. Yeah. 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 So I, I guess that's a point, a great point. Like maybe I shouldn't 100% believe I'm going to take Natalia's side in this situation because oh, yeah. she, was she was a, a child, child no matter what. Do I believe everything? I don't know. Half of that is the production team and the, the network putting out drama. And the rest of it is like, we weren't there. So how will we ever know 100%? But at this point, if she says something happened, I don't think she's making it up because. No. Why would, why would anybody do that? So. No, yeah. I don't think she's making anything up either. Yeah. It's either been conditioned for her to say that or that (laughs) is her memory or lack of a memory because of trauma. So, oh God, Michael Barnett. That man, I swear Mm. to God. I get sus about Natalia at the end of this season again, though, because when she's in the man's family, Mm -hmm. something happens to another one of their children that involves Natalia. Mm -hmm. The whole thing. It's, you know what? I take everything back. I said it's a five out of five, honestly, still. I thought I was convinced, but like, no, yeah, see, I know, like, head again. I know. That's why I'm not 100%. Like, okay, you're right. You're right. I'm with you. I'm with you. Cause it gets a little bit questionable again. And she's older now. 
Yeah. So it's like, when did those? Exactly. So what the fuck? Yeah. So yeah, hopefully we'll have our final resolution by the next one. (laughs) If not, you know, we just, that we may never know. That's why it's called the curious case of Natalia Grace because God damn it sure is. So (laughs) thank you for joining us in today's exploration of a Trudy, 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 Trudy. of a truly intricate and thought-provoking case. We hope this episode has offered you new insights and perspectives. If you found this episode compelling, please consider liking, sharing, and subscribing. You can also find us on all social platforms under the same name. Your support means the world to us and helps us continue to bring these stories to light. We value your thoughts and opinions, so please leave us a comment. Let us know where you're at on the sus meter this far in the case. Let's keep the conversation going. And until next time, take care, stay informed, stay skeptical. And wait, damn it. I'm messing it up again. We didn't even (laughs) do it last time. We just skipped this whole part. (laughs) And remember, stay curious and stay skeptical. Mic drop. Cut scene. We're out. Oh, nope. I'm already fucking it up. Today's exploration of a Trudy, 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 Trudy.